Jason spoke to Leo and I about uh, maybe preaching, he said, Mike, try to keep it to about 20 minutes. What I said to him was, my introduction is 20 minutes. What am I supposed to do with that? So it's it's going to be interesting. So this morning, we're going to put the hubs in. We're going to put in four-wheel drive. We're going to plow right on through. So, so hang with me. We're going to try to keep it to around 20 minutes, and we'll see where we go from there. So um, it's interesting. This morning, I'd like to speak to you folks about sacrifice. So it's not a sacrifice that's used as a religious ceremony or anything for a religious ceremony. It's a sacrifice that somebody does for someone or, does, or someone does something for someone. It's that type of sacrifice we'll be speaking to. We will tie in another sacrifice, an atoning sacrifice, later on down the line. So we're not talking about uh, a noun, we're talking about a verb, an action, something that is done. When we think of this type of sacrifice, terms like this may come to mind. They made the ultimate sacrifice. They sacrificed it all. Perhaps they gave it all. And when we think about those terms, we may think about the 9-11 firefighters and police officers who did sacrifice it all. Perhaps our military folks, they sacrifice it all, you know, all the time. Those who who uh, who perished, who, who passed away um, for our country. We could also think about possibly a mother and father who sacrifices their needs for their children. I would love to have this. However, we don't have the funds. We don't have the time. So we want to sacrifice that for our children. We want to do things for our children. So um, I would like to start off by reading probably one of the most familiar verses, scripture verses, that uh, it's, it's, more, it's one of the most well-known scripture verses. And that's found in John 3, 16 and 17. It's up on the board. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved Today, we'll hear another story about a group of men who were willing to sacrifice and did sacrifice for others. We'll see how their story of sacrifice correlates to what Jesus did for us and the sacrifice that he made for us. Uh, we'll also try to tie in the scripture that we just read, John 3, 16 and 17. We'll see how Jesus sacrificed was one that was both that type of sacrifice, doing something for someone, and also what's known as an atoning sacrifice for all the sins of mankind. Let's take a minute and we'll pray over this. Lord God, we ask that you come before us. Your Holy Spirit comes into this place so that um, this presentation about sacrifice and how, how your son sacrificed for us for all our sins and how this relates to our time today. We ask that uh, you continue to watch over this church family. We ask that you continue to watch over this community. Uh, and we pray that uh, your spirit rise with us here today. So we come forward through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. It was a typical spring week in the city of Bibia. Bibia is in northern Ukraine. It was 1986, and excitement in that era swirled around. The, the city was growing rapidly. There's a lot of things going on. There was about 49,400 people in the city of Pibia. There was plenty of housing for both married and single folks. There were schools being built. Families were growing. 
shops, restaurants, cafeterias were all flourishing. They were doing great in the city of India. There was uh, schools are being built, as mentioned, and there was excitement because it was springtime. The May Day celebration was just right around the corner. It was just going to happen within a few days. And, and one of the things that was very important with this May Day celebration, they were opening up a new amusement park. This amusement park was obviously for the children and their families. It was a good time to live in Pennsylvania. Things were pretty good. Things were pretty good until the morning of Saturday, April 26th, just five days before the ever-important and popular May Day celebration. You see, the city of Pribyat was built by the Soviet government for one reason and one reason only. The city was built to house and support the Chernobyl nuclear power plant. At 1.23 a.m. on a Saturday, April 26, while the nuclear um, operators were doing a, a test in Reactor 4, the nuclear operators triggered a nuclear chain reaction, causing an unstable Reactor 4. The chain reaction caused the cooling systems to superheat, causing them to turn into vapor, causing them to turn into steam, which in turn, um, uh, created a massive steam explosion in the nuclear reactor. It also not only created the steam explosion in the reactor, it blew the roof off the whole complex. Blew the roof right off. That's how big of an explosion this was. It was seen for miles and miles. So the, this ruptured core, this roof being blown off this particular area caused a big, big problem, right? As firefighters struggled to, to get the roof fires under control, Radiation levels increased. They just got larger and larger. Um, and that made it just even more dangerous for the first responders to, to interact and put out the fires and, and try to contain this. After a few days, though, the fires were under control and the task of assessment and cleanup had begun. The radiation levels from the graphite and other nuclear debris on the adjacent roofs exceeded 20,000 Rankin. So a Rankin is a uh, a dose assessment. It's, it, it actually tells you how, how much radiation you're receiving. So in the United States, a Rankin is, is known as a REM, Rankin Equivalent Man. So that's how we that's how we monitor our radiation in the United States by REM. So a lethal dose of radiation is about 500 Rankin over five hours. So you can get 500 Rankin over five hours, and then you're in a bad place, right? This means that you would receive a lethal dose of radiation in about one minute if you were exposed to this 20,000 rank. With these extreme levels of radiation on a roof, it was next to impossible to even approach these areas. The government, however, pretty smart, came up with a plan to use construction and lunar robots to push the material off the roof and down into the to melting reactor, the core of the reactor. That way it would all be consolidated down low. These robots were retrofitted with, with little dozer blades, basically is what they were, and they were just pushing this material off. However, one thing that was not taken into consideration was the high levels of radiation that, that these robots were taking. Eventually, the robots burnt out. There was just too much high radiation. They could not perform anymore. 
So the, um, the government had this big problem still that they had to resolve, right? They had all this contamination on these roofs that was invading radiation. It's interesting, I use the term burnt out because that's the term that was used in the Soviet uh, government at the time. Today, when a radiation uh, worker in the United States reaches their annual dose, they're told that they're getting burnt out also. I thought that that was kind of interesting because things haven't really changed that much and the same terminology is, 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 is consistent. The government was under increasing pressure to, to resolve this problem and contain error. The use of the robots was a great idea, only it fell short of a good result. It, was, it had been estimated that somewhere from 600,000 to 800,000 workers, known as liquidators, worked to contain, decontaminate, and secure the reactor and the surrounding areas. Today, we're going to briefly talk about a small group of that uh, six, 600,000 to 800,000 workers. Um, these special group of liquidators performed what was an unimaginable task. There was 3,828 soldiers known as bio-robots. Bio Don't forget that the robots had failed because of the high radiation levels, right? So these bio-robots were soldiers that were assigned to manually clean off the roofs so that this radioactive material was pushed down, in, into, the, uh, down into the melting reactor. They were only allowed to work up to 90 seconds, running across the roof, scooping up shovels of radioactive debris and dumping it down into the reactor core off the rooftops. So they, they took the place of the robots that had failed. They knowingly sacrificed for the overall good and safety of, all, of others. The soldiers who were assigned to clean off the contaminated roof of the reactor knew what was in store for them. They knew that, that the danger was there. However, they were willing to sacrifice their own body for the safety of others. Some had been educated in radiological controls, but most did not. They were just basic soldiers, young men who were willing to do this and willing to sacrifice for others, and they proved that. These bio-robots took on this task not knowing what the end result would be. In later years, we would hear stories from these men's families about how they suffered with radiation sickness and cancers. Some time ago, um, uh, excuse me, some time ago, there was a, a documentary that was uh, brought out about Chernobyl and these bio-robots, these, these liquidators, and when they actually spoke to the bio-robots or these, these soldiers who were performing this task, they asked, if you had to do it again, would you? And every single one said, yes, we would, because they were willing to sacrifice yet again for others. The difference from these men and the sacrifice that Jesus made was that Jesus knew the outcome. He, his sacrificing of his perfect body for us not only was something done for us, but also represented an atoning sacrifice for our sin. In other words, if you think about it, his sacrifice took the place of both our sinful bodies and our sinful lives. John 2, 2 states, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sin. And not only for ours, 
but also for the sins of the world. After the Chernobyl accident, the city of Pavia became a ghost town. Nobody was to live there. No animals survived there. Outside the houseboats, there was. It was never to be inhabited again. The bio-robots who survived went on about their lives. But history tells us that many of them suffered for years with various illnesses. They sacrificed. Hebrews 9, 28 tells us that Christ was sacrificed to take away the sins of many people. There's no doubt that these men did heroic work. No doubt about that. They took it upon themselves, they volunteered, and they sacrificed for others. But how much more benefit is being had and will continue to be had from Jesus' sacrifice for us all? The lasting benefits are felt from generation to generation. Jesus' sacrifice gives us true hope and comfort. And he has paid the ultimate sacrifice for our sin. As Easter approaches, we mentioned that earlier in the announcements, and the business of life engulfs us and the things that happens in our life and, and, and what we do, I encourage you all to take the time to reminisce about Jesus' sacrifice for us all. It's a great time of year to recommit our lives to him and to show how much we appreciate what he did for us and the sacrifices that were made by Jesus and what, what has been done for us all. I'd like to conclude today don't know if I'm within the 20 minutes. I think I'm a little quick. But uh, I'd like to conclude today by reading 1 John 9. I'm sorry, 1 John 4, 9 through 12. It's 1 John 4, 9 through 12. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. For one has never seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Amen. These scriptures make it very clear that God showed us his love by sending his son as a sacrifice for us. In turn, all he asks is that we also ought to love one another. He has set the example for us to follow. Jesus also set the example for us too. Don't forget, his willingness to sacrifice was an example for us. It's kind of like those bio robots, those 3,000 plus men who sacrificed, took it upon themselves and said, yes, we're willing to do that. However, it has a much more lasting, everlasting benefit for all of mankind, for all of the world. No other sacrifice, whether physical or an action type sacrifice, will ever be able to match up to Jesus' sacrifice for us all. Thank you.